Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hi, this is Erica Aguilar, editor of The Bay, with a couple of announcements. I want to remind you all that we are holding a happy hour on Wednesday at 5 p.m. at Arthur Max in Oakland. That's just around the corner from the MacArthur BART station. I really hope you guys can make it because The Bay is taking a summer break in July. Devin, Erica, and I are going to take some time off. We're also going to do some reporting that you might hear later on in the podcast when it returns from summer break on August 5th. So, We're hoping you guys can come hang out with us on Wednesday. Okay, that's all for me. Here's Stephen Katayama with today's episode. Okay, let's be honest. PG&E is not a popular kid in school these days. The utility has been found responsible for several fires, including the biggest and most deadly campfire last year. It's filed for bankruptcy just this past January. There are lawsuits, and the public just flat out doesn't trust the utility. That's why San Francisco wants to cut PG&E out of the equation altogether. The question is, would San Francisco be able to serve up safe reliable power at a convenient cost that is also clean. This week, San Francisco supervisors will talk about a plan to take over the entire electrical grid from PG&E. It's not easy. So what's in it for San Francisco? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. I mean, I've been covering utilities for years now. Lisa Pickoff-White is a data journalist who's been reporting on PG&E and wildfires for KQED. I'm a total geek. This is the kind of thing I think about in my spare time. I talk to my friends about. And even for me, it feels daunting. She says the big picture is that San Francisco would buy the entire electrical grid from PG&E. Which is, I think, really what the Board of Supervisors is asking, is what would it actually take to do this? Can you explain to me, like, what are we even talking about when we're talking about a grid? When you're walking around San Francisco, one of the things that you can't miss here are all the power lines over the head, right? You have the Muni buses going through them. You just see them everywhere, this, like, forest of power lines. And all those power lines are distribution lines. Those are like the tiny little lines that uh, deliver electricity into your apartment, into your house, that you can power your phone and your fridge and all the really important things that you need to power these days. A good way to think of the electrical grid system is like a river. It's like a tributary with all these little streams coming out. And so those are just like the little streams that are going to your home. So those little streams, if we back up on the grid, go to transmission lines, which are these big rivers through which electricity flows through. And of course, all that electricity comes from a whole lot of different places. 
who owns those lines? Where does it start and where does it stop in terms of ownership? Well, this has gotten a lot more complicated in the last few years. So um, bear with me here. So I'm going to take you back over 100 years ago. (laughs) So 100 years ago, if you wanted electricity, you basically needed to find someone who produced electricity, and then you had to go get that. People are like, oh, my God, I need electricity, and I have to negotiate with guy A, and then my neighbor might negotiate with guy B. And even 100 years ago, they were like, this is difficult work. It would be so much easier if this was a monopoly to some extent. So eventually, PG&E actually started taking over lines. And they were like, okay, like we now own this electrical system, which is eventually how state regulators got involved. Because they were like, wait a minute, like you have a monopoly. And so how do we make sure that you're not overcharging people? Regulation. Regulation, exactly. So that's how we've ended up to an extent in the situation where we are now glossing over a whole lot of history. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So when we say San Francisco wants to buy PG&E's infrastructure, what exactly does that mean? Well, what it means is buying those distribution lines. It involves buying power poles. It involves, you know, all of these things that distribute it. It also means buying more things that distribute power. There are three main power providers in San Francisco. The biggest is obviously PG&E. Then there are two city-operated providers, Clean Power SF, which serves businesses and some residences, and Hetch Hetchy Power, which serves government buildings. But even those providers need PG&E's infrastructure to deliver the power, and they pay rent to that space, otherwise known as the power grid. So what we're really talking about with this plan is who owns that grid. Because right now, even if you pay into Clean Power SF, PG&E still owns those lines. What changes is who is delivering the electricity that goes through those lines. But everything that gets that electricity to you, that is, for the most part, PG&E. When do we first hear from San Francisco leaders about the possibility of taking over PG&E infrastructure? So there's been this groundswelling for years and years for public power to come to San Francisco. The thinking being we're a very progressive city and people in San Francisco are often very concerned about environmental causes and things like that. So for years, we've seen some activists putting pressure on the city to examine public power. But then there was a big change. Last week, California's largest utility company announced plans to file for bankruptcy. Pacific Gas and Energy, commonly known as PG&E... At the beginning of this year, after PG&E declared that they were filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, Mayor London Breed said that she was concerned about reliability and other things, and she wanted to know what the other options were. So she looked at a local regulator, the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, which is different from the state Public Utilities Commission, and said, hey, could you look at a couple options and see what would give us the safest, most reliable and cleanest energy for the city? And so they went out and they wrote a report. The San Francisco Public Utilities Commission released its report in May. It studied three options for how the city could move forward with providing power to residents. One was to continue with business as usual, let PG&E run the grid. The second would let San Francisco upgrade or build more of its own clean energy infrastructure, but still let PG&E deliver the power. The third option is for San Francisco just to take over the grid altogether. 
Barbara Hale of SFPUC announced that it would pursue this last option. What we concluded is we're not going to keep looking at various options. We're going to focus on this acquisition option. That's the one that has the greatest promise for long-term benefits. And about the same time that Breed uh, was saying, hey, SFPUC, please look at our options, SF supervisor Hillary Ronan introduced legislation as well that would basically earmark revenue to put into public power for San Francisco. If we as a city are able to take over this responsibility as a municipality, profit motive will not be our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal will be providing a clean product uh, to our customers in a reliable way that controls costs and that uh, provides a public good like utilities should be run. What's the argument for public power instead of relying on PG&E? Well, the SFPUC says that they will be able to manage the grid more safely than PG&E, that they will be able to deliver cheaper power to San Francisco residents, and that they believe that actually um, it could possibly even be something that's profit-making for the city. The idea of San Francisco taking over PG&E infrastructure has been around for a while, like years, if not generations. Why didn't it ever gain traction? It's really hard and it's really expensive. I mean, you're taking over an electrical grid. Electricity is dangerous. Electricity is dangerous. It's, I mean, I have a little kid right now and we are, you know, don't, you don't put your finger in the socket, right? I mean, people die working on electrical lines every year. Uh, Eight people died working on electrical lines in California last year. That's in one year. You need to have a culture of safety. You need to understand what it takes to run an electrical grid. You need to understand what it takes to store energy so that, let's say, there's a heat wave and everyone is using their air conditioners and there's also a fire risk. Well, what do you do then? Do you turn off the power? Do you keep it on? San Francisco is looking at basically taking on probably one of the most complicated kind of industries they could. Why is it gaining traction now then in San Francisco? People really care about environmental issues in San Francisco. And I think people are also very upset with PG&E right now. Uh, People are upset with PG&E because of the fires. It is essential that we bring this under democratic control so that we can prevent crimes like this in the future and that we see the prosecution of the people whose negligence and greed are responsible for the deaths of dozens of people. People are upset with PG&E because of the bankruptcy. To increase returns on Wall Street investment at a time when you haven't even settled the victim's claims is not only tone deaf, it's jaw-droppingly wrong. People are upset with PG&E because of their rates. I've heard a lot of people complaining that the rates have been going up. So why are we doing this now? I think we're doing this because of environmental reasons, and I think that we're doing this because of a dislike of PG&E is really growing. Do you know how much it would cost? Billions. 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 The SFPUC says that this will cost billions. I mean, they they are very upfront about that. But they say that it will save the city money over time because right now we're essentially renting PG&E's lines. And so we have to pay them for that. And so as PG&E has increased costs and things like that, the PUC says that we are paying for that. And they're basically saying that the city would be able to provide the same service for cheaper. PG&E's had a bunch of different types of relationships with 
California and the city of San Francisco over the years. What does PG&E think of this plan now? PG&E largely won't comment on the plan. I mean, they say that they will work with the city regardless of what the city decides to do. They clearly think that they are doing a good job of providing safe and reliable power to customers here. So who is against this is IBEW, which is a union of electrical workers. And um, sometimes a way to tell how PG&E feels about something is to also see how the union feels. And earlier this year, the union said that they would be concerned about any change. And Why is that? Because any change means change for their workers. Our concern is proportionate to the calamity that could be. They say that they're not against public power. They just are concerned about how this plan will work. They're worried about their workers getting laid off. They don't really know what's going to happen. Um, as part of the report, the SFPUC basically said that the city would make a effort to make sure that any union workers would stay on as public utility workers. So for the average San Franciscan, what would it mean to them if the city decides to move forward with public power? Well, hopefully, if it was executed perfectly, nothing. I mean, you'd flip on your switch and the electricity would just keep coming and you could just keep not thinking about it. But? But it (laughs) remains to be seen. I, I mean, I think the question is, would San Francisco be able to serve up safe, reliable power at a convenient cost that is also clean. The Board of Supervisors this week is beginning what's expected to be a long conversation about how San Francisco might run its own public utility system. Meanwhile, PG&E has to submit their plan to reorganize this fall. The governor's office says everything should be on the table from breaking up PG&E or even making it a government agency. Lisa Pickoff-White is a data journalist with KQED. We also got help reporting this story from Peter John Schuler. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That is it for The Bay. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Thanks.